what it's just means. a bunch of rip-off Valentine's Day for people who don't have Valentine's so we can feel good about ourselves. Everyone's a Valentine. It was yesterday? Yeah. yeah it was yesterday. So they have Galentine's Day and then mm-hmm. Valentine's Day? Yeah, it's so the girls can hang out together. That's not just like a Tuesday? <laughs> this what, if your, is. what if your birthday falls on that week? Then she's got to take like two weeks. So you got to have a Galentine's Day, a Valentine's Day, and a birthday? Week. But, week? Yeah. Oh, good God. I actually am a fan of Valentine's Day. I think, I like, I've seen so many people, it's a manufactured holiday. One, all holidays are made up. Everything that happens, humans kind of made up, buddy. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. So maybe if this is just a day for you to just be nice to somebody that you love in your life, yeah. maybe just do that without bitching. How about that? Oh, I'll do it when it's, I'll do it on a random day. I'm not going to do it on some, some, uh, some day they expect me to do it. Yeah, God, that's so awful. Being nice to the person that you might be spending a, a, an amorous night with or a, you've spent the last six months of your life with, or in my case, the last 15 years, it's so hard to be nice to the person you love. I get it. You do anything nice for your lady today? I did. What'd you do? Uh, I got a really nice, um, like a decorative. It's not a plaque. I'm, I'm doing a the worst plaque? job of ex- explaining this. <laughs> so it's like a she picture won a championship. Of us. It is. It's the Nick. The Nick Invitational. She won the Nick. Yeah, the Nick Invitational. Big Nick. Um, average Nick. But <laughs> average Nick. <laughs> um, Use that in a sentence. <laughs> I cannot. Um, What's the origin. <laughs> uh but so it was this and so it's a, a picture of us and it's basically like a like a almost like a spotify it looks like spotify and it has the name of one of the songs we like together and then the date that we met and had our first date and so i got that a box of chocolates and a card boom gentlemen act accordingly that's how you do it you do anything special uh just a couple dozen roses uh, see it's simple, simple. Women, women just like to be and I, should, I shouldn't just put this to just women. It's just a nice thought. It's not that hard to just be, hey, I'm thinking of you. I care about you. Whether it's a, you know, a friends with benefit or whether you're married like some of us here on the show are. Just, just be a little thoughtful, right? Yeah. That's well, yeah, the idea, right? I, it, it takes very little to be thoughtful. Michelle Beadle joins us at 2.40. We're, you know, she's got buzzing with Beatles. She's also on Bally Sports Southwest. So we'll talk a little bit about the Spurs who we saw last night. Cavs escaped with a win. That's all that matters. Uh, we'll also get her thoughts on the Super Bowl. Sam Henches, uh, Guardians reliever, joins us at 320. He had to uh, report to Goodyear, Arizona for spring training for Valentine's Day. I'm sure that'll come up today. We'll also talk some Guardians baseball with him. George Sedano of ESPN LA and ESPN. At 420, we'll talk the Lakers, LeBron, breaking the record. We'll also get into some NBA, maybe some Cavs thoughts with him as well. But uh, we're finally there. We're finally, we've talked about the Super Bowl yesterday, yesterday or yesterday, as some people might mm-hmm. say it. Um, and now we can fully, fully get into the offseason ahead for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, it's coming. How excited are you? Oh, no, it's here. It's here. Yeah. Last week it was coming. This week it's here. It's arrived. Because it's it's like we're starting to see maybe there might be more uh, coaching changes coming for the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And I think we're finally getting around to all the questions we put off in January. This year was this year was kind of like not typical to what I'm used to. In, in most years, the second the Brown season starts ending, or starts ending, it just ends. The second the Brown season ends, 
we're on to next year quite literally. Mm-hmm. It really didn't happen that way. We we waited in the Jim Schwartz waters who's going to be the defensive coordinator, and after that happened, it just felt like, all right, we're all going to take a breather from the Browns. If there's news, we'll talk about it. If a guest says something good about it, well, okay, we'll do that. But a lot of the conversations that we're used to having in January, mm-hmm. we pretty much avoided till now. I'll, and I'll actually go one. I, I have proof of this. Anthony Lima this morning. And they, they brought up the conversation with Zach Jackson. We'll get to his answer in this hour as well. But Lima in the 7 o'clock hour, as I was driving around, I heard him talk about the Browns and this year and what it represents in – and the idea of going all in. Here's what Lima had to say. I just would ask, are we positive this is the year to go all in, push all the chip? What have we seen in terms of proof of concept that makes you think that this is the team worth going all in on, knowing that you have to you have to readjust the entire defense? Because the defense was so bad last year. The defensive line was one of the worst in football. And that's a defensive line with Miles Garrett. I mean, some of the, the stats are were so eye-opening. You're, you would just have to give me a plan on what they would do, where they have Deshaun Watson... They don't have a first-round pick. Yes, there's the money that's prohibitive to the to the uh, salary cap, but then you would take away some of these players and then you would execute with these picks because then I think we're just talking in circles. I think every, th- every question that Lima asked in there mm-hmm. is 100% valid. The problem is it doesn't matter whether they're worth going all in on. You already started the process <clears throat> of – you are the Browns already determined a year ago when they traded for Deshaun, they were going all in – as an organization. So if you don't go all in, then you're going to half-ass it, which is way worse to make that kind of trade a year ago and then a year and be like, ah, oh, we're going to go ahead and hedge our bets and play it safe from here on out. That's probably going to end up with a worse result than if you go all in and try and build a team that can, can not just win but maybe compete for something more than just a playoff. So spot. just, you know, throw all the chips in the middle. I mean, it's blind faith at this point. You well, have, you it have, was blind faith when you traded for Deshaun Watson. Yes, great point. But now it's blind faith that that move's going to work out. Because the reality is, you can have the worst offseason possible. If Deshaun is the quarterback he was uh, four years in Houston, mm-hmm. we're not really going to care because you're going to win some games that you probably shouldn't. You could have the best offseason. I mean, Deron Payne, come on down. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, come on down. Hell, we could get half of the Philadelphia Eagles imported in free agency. But if Deshaun Watson can't bounce back, it's not going to matter. So the point is, I I think there is an offseason to be had where the Browns can put themselves in the best possible scenario to win. And they should do that. Because you already made the big trade. you When you started going all in, you left your choice. You left yourself no choice but to continue to go all in until you either win a Super Bowl or implode. It's kind of where you are. I mean, that's, that's where you're at. I mean, if you're going to make that move for Deshaun, you feel like you make that move for a team that you feel is ready to win right now. And look, I think Deshaun should you know bring everyone's game up, mm-hmm. their level of play up, but... I still think he probably needs more weapons. Well, but I think because he's not Patrick Mahomes. I also think you can say that about every quarterback. Like you could, like uh, Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, and Gabe Davis, and they're like, should we trade for DeAndre Hopkins? I think that's just the way that the NFL works. Like 
It is an arms race. Somebody will al- mm. almost always have more than you, and you're always chasing something in the NFL unless you're the team that won the Super Bowl. I mean, hell, the the, the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl three of the last five years, uh, two of the last four years coming into this season, and they'd been to four straight AFC title games coming into this year, and they were still chasing something this year, which is why they traded for Kadarius Toney. Yeah. I guess my response to Lima like this morning, I was driving around and I was listening to him say that. And again, I think it's a very, very valid question of what have we seen that makes this worthy of going all in? My rebuttal would be, what other choice do they have? Well, I mean, they could potentially, you know, wait until the trade deadline if they want to make a move next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could wait the whole year and see if if this guy is is worth it mm-hmm. and then make moves next offseason. I don't know. They could be testing Kevin Stefanski out. There's a lot of things that they could be doing, but I don't disagree with you. I mean, it's not my money. Spend it. I mean, we're, we're to the point where, and I, I, you know, I think part of the conversation tends to lead to, well, are they doing this because it's in the best interest of the Browns or are they doing this because it's in the best interest of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. In this case, the two things probably are like concurrent. They, they, is that what I want to say? They probably are parallel things. That's parallel. That was the word I was looking for. I think both both the objective of what's best for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry is what's best for the organization. Because if you get through this, Jimmy Haslam doesn't really half blow things up. Even when he half blows things up, right? He fires uh, Sashi Brown. A year later, he fired uh, Hugh Jackson. John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson really didn't get a chance to work together and build something sustainable because John Dorsey was always buying time till he fired Pretty Hugh much, Jackson. Yeah. So, like this, I really do think at some point the Browns have to get continuity. At four years, they're on. I mean, this is continuity, guys. Nobody likes it because the last two years have been disappointing, but this is as much continuity as you've ever gotten under uh, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. And here's the thing. One or both of them still might be fired next year. So if they're making moves knowing, you know what? I might not have 2024. So I might be more inclined to trade that 2025 first-round draft pick, or I might be more inclined to take the second uh, our second-round pick and turn it into For- DeForest Buckner. Okay. The, po- the, uh, the, the whole thing in the NFL is, and, and I saw this in Carolina, and it's the benefit of, of having covered another NFL team. Everybody in the NFL is simply trying to survive. Unless you are, there's rarefied air. There's Andy Reid. There is... Um, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. There's about five teams in the NFL where they've won enough. Now, Belichick's this way, although he might have finally gotten there after that stupidness of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge this last year. But outside of those five teams, the other 27 organizations in the NFL, everybody's just trying to hang on for long enough to become Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, or John Harbaugh. So when we say go all in, by the way, what has Baltimore done? Baltimore, every year, has brought in guys like Justin Houston, Calais Campbell. They've not done a great job of of depth drafting. They've done an exceptional job at the top of the draft drafting. They found themselves Kyle Hamiltons and Tyler Linderbaums and Patrick Queen's a very nice football player. Where they haven't done as well since Ozzy retired is the is four rounds on. That's the depth has hurt them. So how did they 
how did they react? They went all in with guys like Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, who, by the way, are more expensive. Guys who you'd prefer to have a rookie there because then you could spend more money on upper echelon players. Baltimore's gone all in. Like, I think we think the only way to go all in is what L.A. has done. Nope. That's the most extreme version. What Tampa did was the most extreme version of going all in. And by the way, both things paid dividends because both teams won a, a Super Bowl. The Browns aren't there yet, but the Browns are absolutely where the Ravens have been for a long time with mm-hmm. Lamar which is we got to import as much talent and we got to survive. It's not about who drafted who. The problem is Baltimore didn't have any influx of talent. They just put on Lamar. I mean, uh, well, okay, in terms of draft, yes. But they've spent some money, uh, maybe not Not on the offensive side of it, but on the offensive line on the defense. No, they spent money on defense. They piecemealed the hell out of that. 216-578-0092. So I really like the question Lima asked this morning which was, what proof do we have that this team is worthy of going all in for? So as we start, we finally hear, we've arrived, we can talk about the Browns offseason. Is this Browns team at a point where they're worth going all in on? We went down the, the Tarantino quote rabbit hole, and we, we got into the Pulp Fiction scene with the wolf and Vincent Vega. And guys, I'll just be honest with you, there are parts of movies that when I start to reenact it, your boy goes method. All right, I'm not quite Nick Cage going over the top, I don't like acting because it implies I'm lying. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He feels, he emotes, he channels. There's got to be a movie that gets you, because with Spano, it's an every stupid movie, but there's got to be a movie that gets you all antsy in your pantsy dust. What do you mean antsy in my pantsy? Where you just start, get animated and start reenacting or, or quoting the movie. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. I mean, Ace Ventura. Yeah. Diaz, uh, is it? Falling down. That Diaz is it is from Blue Streak. I mm. Yeah. Diaz, is it? What's your favorite falling down quote? Is it from the restaurant scene? There's a couple in that movie that I cannot repeat on the air right now. I'll tell you. That's most of Tarantino's movies. I'll tell you during the break. But uh, the favorite, I mean, there's a great, great scene in falling down when, you know, he's like in the middle of like a bad area town and Mm -hmm. he's carrying his briefcase. And in the briefcase, he's got the like Uzi. Uh huh. (laughs) And the guys come up to him. He's like, yo, man, you've got to pay a toll, man. He's like, okay, I think what we're having here is a, a territorial dispute. <laughs> and then he's like, he pull, no, man. Then he give pull us, it out. Yeah, give us your briefcase. Oh, you want to see my briefcase? Oh, you want to see my briefcase? Yeah. You want to see my briefcase? See, Adam, I'm getting excited Way, now. way underrated Michael Dude, Douglas movie. Such a good movie. Uh, little news Who else is in that movie, too, is, um, oh, what's his face? It's Barbara Hershey. No. Oh, Duvall, right? Robert Duvall. Yeah. Yeah. Another actor, Robert Duvall, Underrated. does not miss. No. I mean, it's funny. We were just talking about Nicolas Cage before the show. Uh-huh. We went down that rabbit hole, and too. And Keith hates Nicolas Cage. Why does Keith hate Nicolas That's Cage? A, yes, exactly. That was my organic response was, huh? In fairness, I kind of went back and said I hate some of his movies, as that's where I am. Mm. I did. I, I didn't even name the ones I hate. Is, no, okay. that's acceptable. I'll take Dustin, that. Is, is he softening the blow for air? Because I, I think so. He led with... I, I hate Nick Cage. Yeah, that okay, was the I lead. hate him in a couple roles, yeah. Mm. Well, you didn't specify. Yeah, you didn't specify. I'm going to need to show... Uh, you're going to have to show, show me the IMDb. Which roles? Now I want to know which roles. Uh, the one with the motorcycle, Ghost... What is it? Ghost Rider. Oh, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. Not, yeah, say like that. that wasn't his best work. Ghost Rider. Kind of goes full, ba- so full Batman. Let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country. Is that what Russell Wilson got it from? Maybe. Uh, where'd you get that, Russell? I stole it from Nick Cage's 72nd best movie. He was in some movie recently 
where he pl- kind of played himself, and he, he had to. He was like yeah. an actor and had to go like with oh, his yeah. people and like, what's pretend. it called? Well, uh, it's not inside the mind. That's John that's, Malkovich. Uh, but, massive talent. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the unbearable weight yeah, of massive that, talent. Yes, with, yes. Uh, that's a fantastic movie. With the man of the moment right now, he's he's the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal. Pedro yeah. Pascal, who's yeah. amazing. Little NFL news to pass along. Okay, good transition. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals are finalizing a deal with former Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to become their next head coach. Um, so now the Eagles have lost both their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, that courtesy of Twitter. Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. And we are just talking about Anthony Lima. How many Talk- movies does Nick Cage make a year, by the way? It's like six or seven. Like he he is. I'm looking back. He's made like one, two, three, four, five, like six movies in the last two years. Yeah. Do you know why? Because he needs money. He needs money. He, yeah. He has exquisite taste. He's, he, a, uh, he's an effing movie star. Nick. Yeah. Oh my god. I I played. Actually, I played it for Spano as well. Nick Cage going Nick Cage. He's doing some like uh, as a press inter- junkie. Yeah. Press junk. Yeah. Yeah. And and they asked him about being an over t- over the top actor, and Nick Cage goes over the top. I have to tweet it out. I have to tweet it out because it's one of my I will favorite set things. The bar. <laughs> you, 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 set, sh- you show me the. You, sh- what do you say? You show me the line. You show yeah, me the you show bar. me the where. No, no, no. You, you ask get, me about we, the line. Now we gotta cut it. Yeah, we gotta cut it. Damn it! I don't even well, like the word acting because it implies I'm lying. Lying. No. I can't. I. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do the whole thing for you. We'll put it up. At Nick Wilson says in the break. Uh, Michelle Prisoners Peter. of Ghostland. Prisoner. What's that? It's a movie he was in in 2021. Is it Ghost Rider two? <laughs> No. Sounds like it could be a Ghost Rider sequel, right? It's Willy's Wonderland. Well, that one. Did you see it? That one you you get on a different service. That one's not on Netflix. Oh, is that is that like a? Got to turn Hulu. the it's private. On, it's on Hulu. I got to turn the private browser on for Willy's what? Wonderland. It's, is it a sex movie? No. Oh, you're making that up. It just sounds like that. Willy's oh, Wonderland sounds like something you're going to find on. The private browsers, I'll say. Honestly, you think? Look at his last few movies; they all sound like they could be like porn titles. Go on, uh, Pig. <laughs> all right. Kind of like the people in here overnight. Uh, leaving uh, food the old way. In the studio. We will have to get into that at some point in the next four and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> the old way. Ooh. Uh, that sounds hot. The old way. Primal. Mm. See, but that sounds like a tasty. That 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 uh, tasty is that really where we're going? That sounds like a classy. That's the word I was going for. Maybe I'm the pig. Mom uh, and dad. <laughs> are we about to play Nick Cage movie or porn? Is that is that where? The, I mean, it, we could. Is that where the six o'clock hour's going? A I mean, score to settle. I mean, even Ghost Rider. I mean, you could get into that. It's on the dark web. It's on the dark web. Butcher's Crossing. Ooh. The old way. The old, the old way. The old way really does sound like yeah. a classy it's a throwback. Picture. Like something that one might go see to like an art house in like the 70s that happens to have a lot of boinky boinky in it. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. <laughs> yeah. Face off. I mean, what are we doing here? Face off. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. I know. Porn or not, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Oh, uh, so <laughs> I don't even have the will to go for a, a segue. The here. Wicker Man. <laughs> oh, that that's sounds great, painful. That's, that's actually a great movie. Is it a good movie? Is that the one with the bees? <laughs> yeah. Not the bees. <laughs> uh, how about Bangkok Dangerous? 
<laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> what else you got? Got a lot. Got a lot. Eight millimeter. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just waiting. Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Gone in sixty seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What an appropriate title for Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, Real Xavier P. saying, they said Pig was awesome. Uh, Mom and Dad was about parents going crazy and kids having to kill the adults. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's dark. <laughs> A little dark there, huh? Uh, so we started the show playing Anthony yeah. Lima. Okay. Uh, asking what the Browns have shown to go all in on this year. Well... He asked that of Zach Jackson this morning with Ken and Anthony, and I, I mean, I, I think Zach is all over where the Browns are, and really their lack of options going forward. Now I'm starting to think it, maybe it wouldn't be wise to go all in right now because then when you do everything, damn the torpedoes, that means major consequences. And if they were to miss the playoffs this year, now you're talking about well, you went all in this year. Can you even be good the next year? Like now, I'd be really nervous about that. Well, I mean, you just said it, but what other choice do they have? I mean, the quarterback's cap number is $54 million. Miles' cap number is $29 million. Amari's is 23 for this year and next year. Like, what other choice do you have but to go all in, right? So, yeah, they probably have more holes than you can fix. And there's no such thing as a perfect roster, and you do evolve as you go. But there's no other plan here. They made this trade. They said we're good enough. That was probably a gross miscalculation, right? But they need to go try to address the needs. So it's really important that they're honest with themselves about what they have and what their biggest needs are. And they have to go do them. There's no, like, pushing back and saying, okay, we move some stuff around and we'll be fine. First of all, they won't be here. Secondly, they probably shouldn't be if that's the case. And then thirdly, like, you are in. You already gave away a prime year of Garrett, of Chubb, of Denzel Ward, right? And so you have these guys, and they are under contract. This is the last year that Chubb's guaranteed to be under contract. This is the last year that Joku's guaranteed to be under contract. I mean, those guys are under contract in big numbers, but, like, you have to win this year and maximize that because, like you said, the Bills are coming due, and there's some potentially really uncomfortable things. So your only choice is there's, like, no stepping away from it now. It's throttle in and see where it goes. So I, I agree with the idea of there's no real bailing out of the position you're in. Mm-hmm. You're not going to trade Deshaun Watson and recoup the value. So you're locked into Deshaun. Uh, there's not really a lot to be gained from moving on from any of your your guys who are highly paid. David Njoku um, has a high cap, a dead cap hit. Um, I mean, even John Johnson, you have to post June 1, designate him so that you can actually open up like – I. I I'm going to butcher this. It's a couple million dollars more this year versus just cutting him outright. So, like, I get it. But, like, this idea of, ah, but you don't want to do anything this year where there are major consequences next year. Yeah, I mean, I think every team in the NFL is in that spot, right? Teams that are in the same salary cap position, which means you paid a quarterback. Dallas. Dallas made the playoffs. Yeah. Dallas has a couple guys getting older, a couple guys they could move on from, but every year since they paid Dak Prescott, every year's a recalibration. Who can we do without? Who's not living up to their contract? This year it's going to be Zeke Elliott for them. What's more important, $20 million in cap space yeah, or Tony Pollard's fine. Zeke, right? Well, he's a free agent. So the reality is the Browns are not it's not an exclusive club where all, the Browns have to make these tough decisions. Everybody does. 
But I actually would like – there's some, something that Zach said that I completely disagreed with where he said that the trade was a gross miscalculation. I actually disagree. I think it's too early to tell whether the Browns – the real miscalculation of the Browns trade was they thought he was going to be gone for half of a season or less. That's the miscalculation. Yeah, I, no, I don't know that I agree with that, Nick. I, I think there's a lot of things that they probably miscalculated. I think that's number one, probably one of the biggest reasons. I think they miscalculated the amount of um, pushback they'd get on the move. Oh, uh, you know what? I do. I, I, after, do, I do. I mean, I, I will I, say after that uh, weird press conference with on Jimmy boat, D and, and on, a, on a cruise ship. Okay, that was one. Don't do that again. But the other one, even the the after the suspension was yeah. announced. Yeah, um, I, I just think like, you know, and maybe this is crazy to think, but you, you couldn't predict this. Obviously, you, you don't know how things are going to shake out. But like, I mean, would you rather? I, I personally would rather have just signed Derek Carr right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. But I think again, that's the take we have today because those six games weren't up to snuff for people. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but like De- but, Derek but, but Carr is just but, another iteration of Baker. A no, better, a no, better iteration a much of better Baker. iteration of Baker Mayfield. Much better. Okay, a much better. He's like, still not a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think he is. Okay, I, I don't think most. I think I think most people in the NFL would disagree with you that he's a franchise. I'm talking about like in the Mahomes, in the. There's only like two guys Burrow. like that. Well, no, it's Mahomes, it's Burrow, it's Allen, it's Lamar. I'm, I'm probably uh, Herbert. Like, yeah, I, okay. So those are the top five guys. I think he's a top ten quarterback, top twelve quarterback in the league. And if you've got that, you certainly can win. And he doesn't have baggage. He's a good leader. Like I don't, I don't know what Deshaun is. I mean, I know he's got baggage. I think, I think in a year's time, and I don't want to say it won't matter because that is minimizing what he did, and I don't mean it that way. But in a year's time, if Deshaun stays out of the headlines, that baggage will not be as significant as it feels this year and ha- as it's felt this year. I think everything is. I think the farther you get away from that, I think, and and assuming Deshaun can stay out of trouble or out of allegations, the farther you get away from that, the easier it is for Deshaun to be Deshaun and the easier it is for the Browns to not have that pressure around them. I feel like a lot of the negativity around the Browns has as much to do with the with our negativity about the Browns and how disappointing they've been since 2020 mm-hmm. really than it does necessarily with Deshaun. And I think both things are big negatives, but I I just I feel like I feel like it's three different sets of of negativity that's just kind of feeding into it. With the main negativity being the Browns have not been a good organization for 24 years. You know her from Buzzing with Beetle. You also know her from Ballet Sports Southwest. She was in town with the Spurs last night. The great Michelle Beetle joins us now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Michelle, welcome to the show. Is Nicholas Cage a good actor? Um, ooh, you know what? I like him. Uh, he's not always a good actor. I think he does a lot of for paycheck movies. Hmm. We agree with that. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He has like a weird thing where he buys really odd objects around the world. So I don't know. Maybe he's got a shopping addiction or something, but some movies are great. So it's hard to say. Hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Just remember Keith, Keith said he, Keith, our producer hated him, says he stinks. He hates him. I said, I hate some but of his movies. Said, no, you didn't everything? clarify to begin. Oh, I don't know. Face Off is so good. I can't. I mean, face. <laughs> what about Con Air? Oh, Con Air, Air National Treasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Bangkok Dangerous. Uh, a Family Man. 
And when he was really acting was the Las Vegas movie, which was depressing. But that was that was acting. What was that Las Vegas movie? Isn't was it Honeymoon, Las Honey, Vegas? Honeymoon in Vegas? No, 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 no. The, the Leaving Las Vegas. The one where he's like... Oh, Leaving Las Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, uh, the, not the fun one with uh, James Caan, the other one. Gotcha. <laughs> Michelle, we got into a Donnybrook yesterday because I just blurted <laughs> out in the 3 o'clock hour yesterday that I miss football. The NFL should expand and have a, a separate spring wow. league. And I know, I know. He's so, out of his mind. Sometimes we don't workshop thoughts. We just put them out there yeah, and then they get destroyed. Uh, so yeah, yeah. do you think there is a limit to the amount of NFL people would actually want to consume and digest Ooh. on a yearly basis? You know, it's funny because I, I think it's fine. You should want to miss something so that you appreciate it more when it's back. But when you say it like that, I, I, yeah, I think people would definitely keep watching it. It's a, it's a weird drug for most of the country. So I like that there's a break. I think all leagues need breaks. But I think if you were to put it year-round, it would be consumed 100%. Mm. Yeah. How's that feel, Dusty? Well, <laughs> you have no plan for this. I, I had the 20 markets that I would expand no, you to. Want, you wanted to add 20 teams. Michelle, he thinks that there are another 20, 20 legitimate quarterbacks out there that could play in the NFL. I'm like, there's, oh, we don't have enough now. Okay. I don't know that I said that. Okay. I'm, yeah, am I paraphrasing? Yeah, a lot. You said 20, 20 teams. Lot. That means you need 20 <laughs> franchise quarterbacks. So 16? Is that good? Let's move on. Oh He's an idiot. Goodness, uh, Michelle, did, did, did Cleveland treat you well? Yeah, no, it, it was great. It was a quick trip. I mean, it's, um, yeah, we're sort of on our we're, tomorrow's our last game of the first part of the rodeo road trip. It's been a long one, not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, Cleveland was great. The weather was nice. We were in and out so fast, and we flew out right after the game, so it's sort of tough to do a whole lot. But you know, we got to watch the Super Bowl there, which was lovely and peaceful and quiet, and I enjoyed that. It had been a while since I've been back to Cleveland, not since uh, the, the LeBron finals, finals right? Game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, you, uh, do you get to travel with the team? I do about half the game. So some of them are, yeah, I'm doing, I guess, half of half on the road. <laughs> that's the math. Gotcha. <laughs> I think that's the math. That's the life, by yeah. the way. It's fun. It's uh, You know what? I had missed traveling since COVID. So it was, I think, just getting out of the house and leaving in general just sort of soothes that part of us that yearns to be on the road. Um, but it's not it's not killer. Like I'm not doing all of them. So I have a little bit of, of the best of both worlds. Michelle, do you think uh, pop still loves coaching even <laughs> with the way it is right now? Yeah. You know, what's funny. I, yeah. I think he likes it. Look, it's not going to make sense when I say it initially, I think he's enjoying it now more than most because he's actually coaching. And if you ask him about it, which he's obviously been asked in almost every stop that we've made this year, people, Oh, how do you, how do you keep doing this? Why do you keep doing this? Whatever. And he'll tell you, he's like, when, when Duncan and Manu and all those guys were around, it wasn't really coaching anymore. It was just sort of sending them out there, making a few tweaks, and it was a well-oiled machine, and it ran itself to many, many rings. Now, it's, you know, we've got four 19-year-olds on the roster. Like, that's actual coaching. They're, he was talking yesterday about they're running drills that, you know, you run in high school because some of these kids have had barely any instruction whatsoever, and so he's He's actually coaching, and if you watch him on the sidelines, especially with Jeremy Sohan, who I think he's, I think he just adores, and and he's become a quick fan favorite for us in San Antonio. There's a lot of coaching going on, and it's fun to watch. I'm, I would not lie; I would probably make up some weird story or I'd get really quiet. But the the mood around the team, given that we've lost a thousand in a row, it's <laughs> it's fine. Like people are in a good mood. I think everyone's very aware of what this season is and what it's supposed to be, and you know, their realistic expectations. So, yeah, I think he's still very much enjoying it from everything I've seen and every time I've talked to him, no lie.
It's weird. I, I get it. It's a weird answer because you're thinking, wow, why is he still doing it? But no, he's in it. Michelle, after seeing the Cavs firsthand uh, up up close and personal last night, what are your thoughts on, on the Cavs and their young core? Yeah, I think they're so much fun to watch. We were watching the game last night, and I kept thinking, man, to have like a, a Mobley and an Allen duo, just it's mm-hmm. almost unfair how long they are. and you just It's like walking through two giant trees. But what I think I read, and I mean, what else is there to say about Donovan Mitchell? He's so smooth. He can literally do every single thing you need him to do on the court. But what I really liked and I realized as we were leaving last night was that it's a likable team, and I tend to sort of enjoy watching games. Either I hate watch or I love watch. And I feel like this with this Cavaliers team, it's a likable team. Like, there's no one on that team that I just think to myself, oh, I really don't want to root for this person to have any success whatsoever. Like, I want them to go far. I would love for them to sort of shake things up as we get closer and closer to the end here in the playoffs. Cause it wouldn't that be so much more fun, you know, no offense to the Boston's and the Milwaukee's of the world, but I like change and I like seeing new people do new things and I'd love it. I'd love to see. It. And, and Danny green being here in now being Cleveland. Now I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I think it's going to be so much more than just sort of a sitting on the bench, being the vet with the wisdom guy. I think he's actually going to get to do things. And I'm, I'm so pumped for you guys and I'm pumped for Danny and I'm excited to see what you guys can do. Michelle Beadle with Nick and Dustin on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So because it's year one of Donovan Mitchell, we are yeah. arguing on almost a daily basis across all 27 hours of content per day on the station <laughs> about expectations for the Cavs. So given uh, what this team was last year, given adding Donovan Mitchell, what are appropriate expectations for this team in the playoffs this year? You know, those, that's always so tough because I do think the experience – value that the Celtics now have a lot of and Milwaukee has. I do think those are things that come playoff time are bigger deals than we probably want to give them credit for. But I also think come playoffs is when shocking things can happen and teams that maybe aren't taken as seriously can surprise the world. I feel like Cleveland's one of those. And there's a few of those where you just sort of think, man, I don't want to face them first. That's that's going to be a tricky matchup. I feel like Cleveland falls under that. I I don't know if they're a year or two away from maybe more and more playoff experience. Um, you know, all the pro, all the experts say that that is valuable, and I, I suppose it is to a point. But I wouldn't want to face them in the first or second round. I do think that they are dangerous, and if they get hot, which we can see them do at any given moment, then they may they may surprise some folks. And it will be shocking too, because I think a lot of people in the basketball world thought. Well, once LeBron left, Cleveland will be now in the desert of basketball for the next couple decades. But wouldn't that be great if they weren't? <laughs> they actually were back much, much sooner than people had expected. I would love that for the city of Cleveland just because the legacy would it would change a bit. And mm-hmm. I like that. No question. Michelle Beadle joins us on the hotline. Um, you said you love, you love watch teams. You hate watch teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it a love or hate when you watch the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson? Oh, that's hate. That is straight hate. Because <laughs> we, I, again, I mean, we're we're in the middle of it, and we feel like yeah. the Browns are going to be kind of like a villain next year with Deshaun. Yeah, it's just you know, it's one of. It wasn't just that they gave him a job, right? Because I think if you've watched sports long enough, you realize that if you're good at something, it doesn't matter anything else about your character. Um, they'll pay you. Somebody will pay you. Somebody will give you a job, and that's fine. I've learned to somehow accept it after. 47 years, kind of. But it's not just that. It's that they outbid themselves and paid him this ridiculously astronomical amount guaranteed and screwed up the rest of the, the pay system 
in the NFL, which that part is actually kind of funny because I don't, I don't care if owners get screwed, but it's just, it, it bothers me. Um, I don't think anybody will ever pan out for that kind of money, much less this situation. So, you know, it, the way that the owners handled it, the way they handled any press conferences, the way they handled interviews, they did not add to any sort of benefits of the doubt. They, they actually made it worse. Um, and I think for those of us not in Cleveland who are just watching from afar, if we thought we were going to maybe have our minds changed after listening to any of that, it wasn't. And so it's just, it's a hate watch. It's a, it's a, one of those karma things where you think, well, you know what? No success for you for the, for the foreseeable future. Maybe nine years from now, you can have some success. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. About once every nine years is when we have success for the Cleveland Browns. So that actually tracks. I I think you're going to get what you want out of that one. So uh, Rihanna halftime show closer to one of the 10 best halftime shows ever or one of the 10 worst ever. God, that's that's I can see why people are doing both. I think for me personally, it was well, it was visually stimulating just all of it because the those things going up and down like I don't I'm not messing with any of that, right? Um I think Rihanna is so loved at least by me that she probably couldn't have done any wrong anyways. Um she had so many hits, yada yada. But it also felt very much like and my friends and I were talking about it. It felt like a billionaire who showed up to do you a favor. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much for showing up to our party and giving us this fun. Because she, in the time since the last time we saw her do any kind of concert to now, she's literally built a billion-dollar empire. So it's just a different kind of vibe. Um, the announcing of the pregnancy, all of it. It was just it was such a big, giant Fenty commercial, which I don't even hate her for, honestly. And I was entertained by it. I, I don't think she could have angered me. I don't know if I'd say it was 10 best. I don't even know if I'd say it was 10 worst. I think it was just entertaining to me, and I didn't turn it off, and I didn't turn away, and I didn't look at my phone, and those are all the things I judge anything I watch by. So that means something. Was there any part of you that, like me, was hoping she wasn't pregnant just so you could see <laughs> Twitter walk it all back? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was funny because I knew, I know men especially were just having such a moment, like, what do we do? What do we say? But, yeah, we, we live in time. Look, the minute she cuffed her belly – like in the first three seconds, that's, that was very, she couldn't do it at the end of the performance because that's how Beyonce announced her pregnancy years ago. So you had to sort of change it up a little bit. Also, why would you spotlight your belly if, the, if it wasn't that? But I get it. Like, you, I'm never going to say a word to any woman about it because that's just, there's, there's no win there. Um, but it was fun to watch Twitter sweat for a minute until it was confirmed. I did enjoy that very much. Even I just, the guys I was around were like, uh... Like I think so, but I'm not saying it. I just every time I cuff my belly in front of 118 million, nobody gives me that kind of response. Uh, Michelle, no. great stuff as always. Keep killing it with uh, with uh, buzzing with Beetle. You got a daily watcher here. Um, but the, so I follow you on Twitter, so you make it easy. But also oh, yeah. great stuff with uh, with Bally Sports Southwest. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much, Michelle Beetle. There.